welcome to the Orla Fleur podcast. I can't believe we're at episode four already. I have a little life update that I started a new job this week back working in influence marketing and I'm already in that stage where I'm like, I love what I do. Who knows how long that will last, but at the minute I'm loving being back in that world. And to keep on with the theme of influencer marketing and influencers, this week's guests are Siobhan and her husband Joe, better known as A Girl Who Blooms and A Life I Imagined on Instagram. They are an Irish couple who reside full-time in Bali with their adorable dog Bailey and I chatted with them all about working as content creators, how the pandemic affected them and of course their life in Bali. Thanks very much both of you for being on the podcast. I'm very, very excited to chat all things Girl Who Blooms, Life I Imagined. I would just love to know about your career until now, like from the very start up until what you both are doing at the minute. We were both working in content writing and and marketing. Like I started out in PR representing the Ritz-Carlton and the Marriott International brand in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. So I actually worked with bloggers before, but it was like pre-Instagram. It was more like traditional bloggers. So I did that for several years. And then I moved back to Ireland and I was marketing for a professional body. And Joe? Um, Yeah, so I've always been into storytelling and uh, content creating and content writing. So it was always, I suppose, something I've done. So I moved to Kuala Lumpur uh, along the same time as Siobhan. And I worked for a corporation, same corporation as Siobhan, but in a different department where I was doing copywriting, speech writing, and editing magazines and so on and so forth, and creating social media content. And that is just something that has, when we moved back to Ireland, I also did that for other corporations. And it's just something that we've always been doing along those lines. Yeah, just because we're a little bit on the other side, it's nice to have that insight, like from not the content creator perspective, but like the actual PR manager as well. It's nice. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because uh, I'm doing PR and it has progressed into influence marketing. So gone from bloggers and now working with influencers and actually like TikTok stars as well so things always change but I'd love to know then what was the idea behind a girl who blooms and you know why did you start the platform it was kind of, it was so long ago now but I remember our interest in travel was like really growing and oh, we started as a food we started as a food blog yeah. in Dublin and yeah. um, that was doing quite well for a food blog um, we actually worked with uh, Dublin International Airport to promote their restaurant and we were working on that but we weren't, like, we all were doing the food blog. It's not something that we're really into, you know? Like, we love our food, but we're not really foodies in terms of food bloggers. Um, and we were going off and doing all these travels, making itineraries where it, and we just were more interested in the actual traveling. Yeah, so, so like, we would go to Florence and we'd, like, make a guide of, like, mm. best restaurants and coffee shops. But then we realized, like, we're spending all our time going to eat at different places we wanted to see stuff so then we just naturally progressed the blog into taking pictures of places rather than food and like this was so early on we weren't Mm -hmm. following any travel bloggers and then we just started to do that and we started to build followers and it just kind of naturally progressed from there I guess naturally progressed and at the time when we decided that we wanted to move over to from food to travel we we're trying to think of a name and Siobhan had started following this girl called The Girl Who Travels. So we decided to just go with The Girl Who, but we just didn't know what else. And then I think the Bloom Festival was on around Dublin. I don't know Something what like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
we've kind of outgrown the name at this point, but everyone knows us. So it's that kind of dilemma yeah. what we'll do in the future. Well, how would you define what your role is now? Are you both full-time influencers, full-time content creators? Well, full-time content creators, that's what we are. Maybe you could say a bit digital nomads because we do do um, other work or outside content creation, like what we do in terms of Instagram. We do that sometimes, but primarily is content creators. Not all of our income comes from like brand deals and partnerships. It's also through photography. So like we'll work with a brand and they'll be like, you know, we're launching a new line of this. We'd love some pictures of our products in Bali. Can you shoot for us? So we'll work in this capacity, you know, so it's kind of more like half-half. So that's why we're kind of more like content creators than influencers because we deliver the content for like, you know, people like you, for your clients. And that's how we've kind of developed our income streams. Yeah, I don't know if we could get away with doing a selfie and, uh, you know, and things like that. I'm not type of sh- nope, uh, sure we're that type yeah, of content creator. Yeah, no mirror selfies. <laughs> <laughs> so with being your full-time content creators, do you feel like a pressure? Because obviously you have almost 200,000 followers on Instagram and I'm sure a lot of people message you all the time. And do you feel the pressure to be online 24 7 you know on social media all the time constantly replying to people like does that get overwhelming for you at all for me not so much uh like joe manages the content and i manage like the account and so like that would be my role and we kind of divide the roles very clearly i suppose and for me i always i, I quite enjoy the replying part and you know just getting back to people because i think if they've reached out you know, I definitely want to take the time to get back to them. But always being on, we definitely don't have like a defined time where we're not doing something related to our website or to content or to something like this. So there's kind of, there's just that. And then I wanted to ask about your role in the Feed Valley last week, the week before. Like you raised a lot of money with other Irish girls. There's is a term now that's called good influence and it's influencers that use their platforms for you know charity work or raising awareness you know I think it is amazing if you have so many followers to do something like that is this something you're going to continue to do or you think you know a lot of influencers out there who have over like a hundred thousand followers could be doing more of that and raising awareness especially for where you live in Bali or for charities or anything like that yeah like I mean it was really unexpected to, to raise that much money and you know just the fact that we combined all together was amazing like we really got something out of it that's beyond what we usually do you know it was so important and so real and the thing that was kind of surprising is that people even in Bali didn't know that it was that bad that the people were living in such poverty and to an extent we didn't know even though we were actually we we have been fundraising for them for a while but we haven't gone to the village in person because you know, with COVID now, there's so many protocols to go to a, a village. It's not like you can just rock off to someone's door and enter into their house. You know, you have to really talk through that project and everything like that. So we didn't get to see until then how, how much poverty there is. And it was really sad, you know, the, the division of wealth here. Um, so it opened up people's eyes in a big way so beyond just the money that we've we've raised like we've actually shared that there is a situation going on and now people know so we're going to be working with them on a regular basis maybe monthly maybe every six weeks and we just talk about the situations and the kind of work that the value are doing 
but yeah, it's it's very difficult with the border closures for people just to survive, you know, because they have no income and so no social welfare. So yeah, it's it's really tricky, and I do think it's important to to share the real situation if you're in a place like this, where it's a, a developing country and you're getting a lot from the island, it's really important to give back as well. Yeah, whenever I think of like Bali, you know, going over to the beaches and the brunch cafes and the Finns Beach Club, like you don't think of the other side of things with the locals and the smaller villages and what local people are going through, especially now with no tourism or anything either. So I think that is very, very good what you're doing. But to go back to then your A Girl Who Blooms platform, do you plan all of your content in advance or do you look at you know, places around Bali that you can go and shoot or is most of it comes from your partnerships and the places that you get you know, invited to create content for or is there like a strategy that you have? We kind of go by what's inspiring us at the time like for Bali because we're in a place that has like a lot of green we probably have to think like will it be green 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 on the feed or will be kind of introduce different colors different tones so we do have to um be thinking of that all the time like if we were traveling we would have content from different places and it would all be kind of present uh but we have to think of try to keep people's interest now especially without reels because we don't have reels here just to keep our account going and interesting to people and uh inspiring them a little bit for the future whenever it is that they can actually travel to Bali. Do you think it's almost too late for anyone to start a travel blog today because there are so many big accounts out there at the minute, like it's saturated or do you have any advice for anyone that wanted to start a travel blog? You can definitely do it now because of reels. If you're in a country that has reels, you can grow really, really fast if you can figure out how to make viral content. And it's not just about like visual content anymore. It's about engaging content, sharing tips on how to, you know, do cool things with your phone, with videos and and pictures or how to do transitions. TikTok is merging into, you know, the content people want to see on Instagram. So there's a whole new uh, movement, I suppose, going on with Instagram content where there's definitely an evolution there. So you can actually grow very quick. And we have had friends who have reels that have doubled their they've been doing it for years doubled their following in four or five months and you know have a totally new audience and of course when you grow that quick you become way more influential because the people that are following you are active they just followed they're engaged with you they know your story where if you've been doing a two to three years and you're growing like bit by bit every few months those people might have stopped using instagram and so there's amazing opportunities now with Reels. And I think if you focus on Reels, that's definitely the way forward. A lot of influencers are across the board, you know, on like LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok, on Clubhouse. Do you just solely focus on Instagram or do you have blog that you update regularly or are you on TikTok or plan to be on anything else? Because we also try and put some time to other projects that aren't just Instagram. So like, Joe's photography um, we also have the website and just you know other things that aren't related to platform social media that we want to do like labels other things that are in our plans for the future so we don't do other platforms we have other projects that are offline as such we are thinking of doing YouTube aren't we Joe? We are we're thinking of doing YouTube and um, looking also to make our website a little more present I suppose up to date because we need evergreen um, 
platform to be on rather than just Instagram, which could go the way of Facebook in a couple of years. So it's important to make sure that you're on different platforms where you still have a presence in a couple of years time. And that's what hotels and marketing uh, like brands actually really appreciate when they know that if you create content for them, it's going to be there in five years time rather than pushed down so far on Instagram feed. Yeah, that makes sense because with social media, a lot of it is just rented space. And if you have your own website, then it's always there and you own it yourself. So I wanted to ask a little bit about the influencer pay gap as such. Do you notice when you're getting contacted by brands or anything, whether there is a gap between Siobhan or Joe, what brands offer like as a pay gap between the both of you? Or is there brands are coming to you with the same brief, but offering different amounts or asking for different amounts with influencer marketing is still so so new and brands don't really know how much to offer or how much to ask for payment wise are you noticing you know it's it's quite consistent the pay rate or it's just a bit all over the place it's really interesting like joe we haven't really tried to monetize his account like it's grown a lot in the past few months and We've just started thinking about that, so yeah. we don't have anything to compare it to. All our efforts over the last three years since we started has been on the growth of Blooms. I mean, that's we've divided we divide it into two roles, um, where Siobhan would do all the marketing side and PR side, and I would do all the creating side for Girl Blooms. But it's a case now where, because the overall account is starting to grow, we have started focusing that a little bit more in the last three months, four months. And it's definitely becoming a case where brands are starting to come to us with different offers or looking for a combination, if they can, you know, combo packages. Yeah, I would say the, the pay gap that affects us both is not like female versus male, but it's actually like location-based. Mm-hmm. So like there's so many influencers here in Valley content creators doing their thing and they all say the same thing as us. That's very hard to get partnerships being based in Bali and not existing in a real um, market like the UK and Ireland. And this is true because when we were back during the lockdown, during COVID time, there was actually a big difference between the type of market over there compared to here. Yeah, so like from a marketing perspective, like say your job, you know, PR, you might have budget to get five Irish influencers on board for a campaign but because we're based in Bali we wouldn't get those opportunities but we've also noticed that the actual pay being say in Bali versus say our friends in the US or our friends in London the, the amount they're offering you in comparison would be a lot lower being here because say the UK market and the US market they're really strong and those influencers have like expectations and a market price for what they're going to get so their negotiations go better. So it's kind of more like location-based in the in the gap rather than we have an experience of like the male versus female so far. Not yet. Um, it'd be interesting to test that in another market. To be honest, I'm not that interested in clothes and my type of photography for my own self wouldn't really look for brands who want to give me clothes, you know, because I don't really feature myself. And so more than likely, I'd actually be working with... Um, I suppose women's fashion because I'm using a model. So we haven't actually tested that market out yet for ourselves for the other account. But for a girl who blooms, it's certainly a um, a source of income. How has the pandemic affected your line of work, or work probably has dried up a little bit? But has it majorly affected what you do? Yes and no. Like so, for the brand collaborations, it's still you know possible to get those, and there you know the travel in- industry is pretty like it's pretty big industry even if uh, some companies are struggling right now there's always going to be 
uh, companies that want to promote what they're doing and they want to market what they're doing or they're doing well it depends what what they're actually selling but like for us what's been really difficult is the actual media trips last year in march we had six media trips that were all paid and that was taking us to mid-may so it was like from march until mid-may we were working with various tours and boards around italy and um, Europe, and then we were going to Vegas as well, and it was all like a big part of our, our job. And within two weeks, everything was shut down, borders were closed, and of course, those projects were canceled. And there was not like like a deferral, like let's defer this media trip and the payment that we spent weeks negotiating um, and agreeing to, like let's defer that to this date or whenever we open. It was just like look, we can't, we have to just you know, to, to end that. So that's like a big part of what our income would have been. And that would be gone, obviously. So about like the media trips, they look, you know, to a follower, like very glamorous, you get to go on holiday for free and create all this content. But when you're there, can you enjoy yourself as like a mini holiday or is it just you're working and you're just seeing what they ask you to go and see, like you can't really have any free time or like, is it just yeah. full on work all the time? It's a bit of both. Like if you go, if we do plan our own trips, then... So up to us how much we want to work and how much we want to see to create content but if we go on a media trip we do get itineraries and you know that's something that we can negotiate and talk about with um, those organizing it but they would have a set amount of requirements also that we have to meet yeah it's it's really interesting for they're all like they can be so different so like one media trip could be like okay we're gonna completely bespoke plan your your four days here and they'll give you a price for what you know how many posts and how many stories and like you might have to produce videos for them for their use and it's really great um, and you can decide what you want to do you can talk to them you can figure it out but a lot of media trips are like with say 10 people at the same time you're doing everything together so that can be like a little bit more say if like you're trying to shoot something and you see something in the moment and it's like oh this is so beautiful like the colors of the sky or the, the water but you're like kind of like queuing as such so it's like more of like a it's not as authentic to create and share so it's a little bit more difficult but it's obviously a paid job so you just make it work and you just do it you know it depends like all they're looking for is a picture on our, on our feed it's about us trying to keep to the standards that we have yeah exactly exactly so then with Bali then why did you move to Bali what was the reason for picking there so we left our job in Ireland and we were taking a year out to travel uh, before we moved to Canada and that was the whole plan so we didn't have any ambitions of you know growing our account or doing this as like parts of like a partly a job so we went to Malaysia first because we actually spent lots of our, a big chunk of our lives there. And we traveled from there. It's the best place in Asia to actually locate yourself if you want to get cheap flights with AirAsia. Um, everything connects through there. It was super easy. And we did that for a year. Then we went to, on to Chiang Mai um, for three months. And then we were planning to go to Bali for three months. And we really liked it and there's so much to shoot and everything's like a motorbike right away but then we found our dog our dog bailey he's like a he's a bali dog and there's a huge problem with dogs here on the island many are just 
struggling and in, in really difficult and really bad conditions. And there's more dogs in need than we can care for them, really. So we adopted our dog and then that really fixed us to the island because to move a dog in and out of Bali is actually illegal. So if we were to move to another location in Asia or move back to Ireland or England or wherever, that would be a very permanent move and we'd never be moving back here. So we haven't decided what we want to do on that yet. Yeah, because I was going to ask, is Bali a forever home for you? Is that what it's going to be long term? It's definitely not going to be forever, but we don't have any immediate plans to leave, do we? We, we can't really answer that because we just don't know, to be honest. I mean, I would have said no. Yeah, yeah, I would have said no, it isn't. But we didn't expect to still be here. Uh, you know, when we came here, it was meant to be three months. Now it's turned into two years. There's a pandemic going on around the world in Bali. Also, the pandemic is here, yet we don't have the same restrictions. So I don't fancy, you know, going off to another part of the world. And to make any decision to leave Bali, uh, Bali without a dog bay would be a very permanent decision. So we just don't know. We could end up being here four more years. And then it's like, well, are we going to ever settle down? Yeah. And then what was it like to settle in Bali then as well? You know, make friends? Because I think there is more Irish coming to Bali at the minute. You know, was it easy to make friends there? Or especially with the pandemic, you can't really that mix as such but I suppose in Bali it's a bit easier than here in the UK what kind of things did you do to settle in and make Bali like a home then to be honest it's totally depending on how what your levels of being social are like yeah. if you're a social butterfly it's so so easy um and people ask us this question all the time they say hi you know I'm single I'm coming over there I have no boyfriend or anything um am I going to be able to make friends like I'm really worried about this and it's like there's such a supportive community here and people, a lot of them are in the same boat and they're very social here, generally speaking. And a lot of the time, uh, people who are coming over here on their own or they're here and they're lonely and they want to meet people, they go on the uh, Facebook communities, which there are quite a few and a few dedicated to, to the ladies, like the Changu girls or whatever. And they'll just say, you know, I'd love to meet some people here and they'll get so many replies asking for coffee or whatever and you know it's really quite easy and the gym scene is very social as well so it's really easy and for us like you know we've we've never had difficulty like meeting people here it's just also the balance of if you're always meeting people for coffee then you you can't get your work done yeah you can't like you know, so you have to be quite disciplined uh, because there's a lot of distractions. We love our job. Uh, we absolutely do. But to go back to an earlier question of yours, we're always on, you know, like, you know, it's, and that's not saying that we, you know, like the work is really hard or anything like that. It's just the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, we're on, you know, and we're just doing something different every time, you know, part of our role, uh, job. So if we go off and we meet people all the time, all of a sudden something's not done, something doesn't get done, and that just affects our business. But I will say, because you asked about the Irish girls, like this is very recent actually. Mm. Um, like Siobhan O'Hagan and Sinead Hegarty and, and Janet Newman, they were in Bali before, but there's so many Irish people now here that were never here before. Mm. So other than those girls, I didn't know of any Irish people. And it was quite surprising since the start of the, I suppose, pandemic when Bali reopened in September, 
to see such an influx of Irish people, which is great. Yeah, and actually our complex. So when we came back to Bali um, after being away for six months because of the, the lockdown, our complex of six units were totally empty. And we filled them because we wanted to support, obviously, our, our Balinese landlord. You know, it's difficult to, to fill your accommodation at a time like this when there's very little people in uh, Bali. And we filled it with all Irish people. So it's like a little... It's like a little Irish compound as it is. Uh, we have a man in his mid sixties and he's from Kerry and he's like, he got stuck in lockdown over here. It's really, it's he really- He is who we aspire to be when we're older. You know, he <laughs> just goes on an adventures on his own, travels, and he just happened to get locked into Bali, Indonesia at the time when that all happened. And he's just living life, you know, sort of fullest. Yeah, so we've lots of Irish people even in our complex and because anywhere you go there's going to be Irish everywhere it doesn't matter any part of the world with the pandemic and lockdown for me like I'm living with my boyfriend and we both work from home and luckily everything's fine here but a lot of people kind of get overwhelmed you know spending so much time with their partner and working and all the stress but you both obviously work together you know full time can you separate work from home life or you know work from social life like is it ever you know too much or do you find these get on really really well well to be honest we've been very like always together since we've met each other like 15 years ago we've always been together so it doesn't actually make too much of a difference to us and even like when we were working in Dublin it was really nice to come back and like have that time together and we missed that so um yeah I think it's like the lifestyle suits us where we can actually yeah, like of course, I mean, every single relationship has its moments where there's friction and you have different ideas and you're working and, you know, you will have your arguments, of course, but I think it would be very hard for us not to work together, you know, at this point, it really would But be. I think the difference between, like, people's situation in the UK is they can't leave and that's, like, we're, we're lucky in that, in, in that respect that we... We have the choice. We, we have the choice. Yeah, we don't actually ever leave without each other. But I go to the shops, say, for example, on my own, or I might take up for coffee in the morning on my own. But in general, we don't, you guys don't have the choice at the moment, or we do at least have that moment where it's like, okay, I'll take 10 minutes for myself for an hour, you know? Yeah, and to be fair, because we did go a lot through lockdown in Ireland, we did struggle a little bit with being totally, totally confined. Yeah for that period of time where we couldn't leave and that was quite stressful. And have we any travel booked for this year? No. <laughs> no. We, we're not sure actually at the moment what to do on that because I know the vaccine is getting rolled out. So we figure if we leave Bali this year, it would be a forever decision. That's what our mindset is, you know, that the moment that we decide to leave Bali this year, that's probably a case that we'll be bringing big waves or not and yeah. living our adventures somewhere else like for us we're just i don't know even how we feel about traveling right now you know it's really not a good time we're lucky that we can travel inside the island and do staycations mm -hmm. which is very much encouraged you know when we were in ireland uh, during the, the lockdown you know go and support the businesses go and show the beautiful parts of the country and that's what we're doing here and we're quite contented to do that until you know, there's a situation where it's safer to travel or it's more like um, open to travel. But right now, uh, we're not interested in traveling and we don't want to promote long, tra long distance traveling like that. Not for the minute anyway. 
we want to make the right decision for us and for our followers. You know, we don't want to promote traveling when traveling is unsafe, and we also don't want to put ourselves in any situation where, again, we're locked out from our home for so long. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And then what's the situation kind of like in Bali at the minute? Because I know, obviously, over here, we've got a date, April 12th, things are starting to open, and then hopefully June 21st, everything's going to be open. You know, is there any plan in Bali for like any dates or anything? Everything from within is very open, yeah. Uh, but to come inside, it's like to come to Indonesia, the borders are closed. And there's been no information about when that will change. I think in January, they basically said we're going to close for two weeks. And then that's been extended until now. So it's kind of like the it's, same as what everyone went through at yeah. the start of the pandemic, when it was like, oh, we're just going to keep doing this for two more weeks. So we're kind of in that state of limbo. But within the island, everything is open. Honestly, no one is answering. Yeah, absolutely no one. I mean, Bali was meant to open up tourism again last September. And it's just been a case where at least they're not putting a date on it now. They're just not telling anyone anything, you know. Okay. So to be honest with you, I don't know when people will be able to come to Bali. But within Bali, life is as normal as you can get. You know, it really is. Um, I, you wouldn't even say pandemic is going on, except unless you've got your masks and you have your temperature checks and all that. And you do have social distance practices within the cafes and certain places. But otherwise, nothing is closed. And everything is normal. How does it feel to be you know in Bali with no tourism or like no tourists because I lived in New York last year and we were there when the pandemic started and it was so so strange to see you know no tourists in New York and walk around all the streets and you kind of really got a feel for how New York would feel as a home because there was no tourists so does Bali feel like that at the minute for you it's more like it has like a homely feel? Yes and no. Yes, certainly when we came back, it was amazing at first for it, from that perspective. However, more people have come back, but they've only come to literally one part of the island, Changu. And so Changu is busy. Yeah, there's a section of Bali that predominantly, I would say, 90% of the expat population currently live. So it's actually quite busy here. Um, if you go off to another section like Ubud, which is more in the center of Bali, that's like a ghost town. Yeah, it's quite sad. That's why it was so shocking when we went to the village with the Bali, because you don't have any news here. There's no radios, there's no newspapers. You're really disconnected from what's going on. Uh, and of course, everything would be in Bahasa, Indonesia. Mm. So there's a real disconnect there from the Bali bubble or the expats bubble to, to real life. And you actually have to, you have to go out of your bubble in order to see what's going on. And in Changu, it's busy. It's really even hard to get accommodation right now because people from all over the world, um, digital nomads, people, see entrepreneurs, yeah. wealthy people are coming yeah. here to have some quality of life and you know, to, for their mental health, they're, they're moving here. Moving families. But it's a different type of tourism because um, there's no cars. It's not like congested in the same way, but it is busy, yeah. It's, it's quite interesting actually. From my side of things, the weather and the beaches, obviously it looks very good, but hopefully we can all visit in the near future, probably not near near future, but sometime in the latter half of the year. But yeah, that's all the questions for me. Thanks very much for your time this morning, this afternoon. Thank you so much. No, it's great. Thank you. It's lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, if you like what you hear, you can let me know by Twitter, Instagram, send me a letter in the post, anything you like. And we will see you next week.